period right now like everything's been making me mad <laughs> like literally everything. gotcha literally everything like every now and then i've had uh, i've had two good customers that i've had a lot of good customers but i had a customer that was telling me about to buy a house that was uh previously about to be purchased by her and her fiance who died in a fire and she got burned trying to save him in the fire department wouldn't let her go back into the fire. Um, wow. Yeah, that was a interesting conversation. Um, she uh, she kept thanking me for being kind. That was weird to me, and um, it was that that like I I I I meditated on that that night. Like, why did it, it hit me like that? I, I really like being kind. It's not okay. It's not one of those things where I just want to be a good person and like self-aggrandulize and you know, no, no. I, I really enjoy when people let me be nice to them. Just let me be nice to you. That's all I really want. And um, uh, it was it it was nice to talk to her and I had a very good couple today and after a long stream of bad calls and um, about turned forty, man. Next week, next uh, next Wednesday night. Dum dum dum. I was thinking about what I need to flush down the toilet. I flushed uh, partying and um, DJing down the toilet. Like yeah, like drugs, all that shit. One. One. It's worth it. I'm trying to figure out what I need to flush down the toilet. At this decade, and I landed on it. I'll talk about it next Wednesday. Okay. But uh, how about you, man? How's it been? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been crazy. <laughs> how so? Freaking uh. So my head pharmacist and the store manager are both on vacation this week. The ESM, basically the uh, the second in charge of the floor, either quit or got fired. Our designated hitter, who uh, is the lady who works up front but comes back and helps when we need help in the pharmacy, she got fired. Um, one of our better techs transferred. Jeebus. Because she moved. And um, I want to say there's one more craziness that happened. Oh, uh, the girl got fired a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, and again, so they all left and it. The whole thing falls on me now, so at least for the week. So it's everything, been uh, it's been interesting. Everything always falls on you, man. 
It does. Even when, even when like I, 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 I had to tell two people the other day to freaking get their um, freaking bag of chips off the uh, off the fill stations. And like the span of half an hour, I'm like, you got to be kidding me! Like uh, these fools are trying to, these fools are trying to freaking slide away because freaking the big boss ain't here. I'm like, no, can't have that. Uh, big boss said everyone else is there. So it's been it's been interesting. Was it like a uh, little giant situation? Like, what's in his helmet? Cheetos, sir. Poofed. No, it was right out there in the freaking. Just right out there in front of everybody else, but you can't do that. Like you guys know better. I would imagine that you guys have a lot of safety protocols that you gotta go through. Oh yeah. Like you can't do that. Freaking, I guess caught on camera. Your host. So. Yeah, it's, it is what it is. Man. But you're you're like you're doing a good job, and like you're working in dealing with the public, and you're also making sure that they're not dying every day. And uh, also, I, I, is there any sort of pressure on you guys? Because when I was working as a patient rep over at uh, Memorial Central, uh, the uh, he, he looked like the hot guy from uh, freaking um, Lawnmower SVU with the slick back hair and the vest. He was like he, he was always at our meetings in the morning. Like like every morning, if you were part of the management. Which I didn't realize I was. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, every morning started with the meeting, and it was in the cafeteria, yeah. and it was blocked off, and obviously it wasn't soundproof because like whatever. Um, um, but it was all of the departments in the hospital detailing everything that went wrong yesterday, and it was always the dude that ran the ER on the chopping block. But every now and then there'd be something that happened really wrong, like hey, that we had a um, there are certain codes at the hospital. Um, if you're at a hospital and you hear code pink, that means mm-hmm. there is a missing child stolen baby. Yes, <laughs> yes, missing child slash potential stolen baby. Uh, code gray means active shooter um, or violence. Uh, code black means we've gotten things have gotten so bad. We're shutting the doors and not letting anyone in. Oh, jeez. And, um, like, we, there was many code pinks. Like, basically, like, some mom would go take her, like, mom out of the NICU, Maybe. and they'd freak out. Yeah. Um, they'd find them real quick, but everyone had to go, like, stand nonchalantly outside in the, the hallways and stuff. But um, we had a lot of protocols. Yeah. But I was just talking with patients that were... Nine out of ten times, just mad they didn't get enough opioids, and the the dude that was looking hot from Lawner SVU was talking with the guy from the uh, ER about how many pounds of freaking opioids they managed to get off the streets that or distributed that month. Yeah. What are your protocols like in regards to that? Yeah, I mean it's a it's a retail pharmacy, so nothing, nothing quite that crazy. You know, every now and again we'll have you know an upset customer because their insurance doesn't work the way they wanted to, or they didn't pay attention when they got the insurance, and there's a loophole they didn't realize, and they gotta, you know, they gotta, yeah, they can only get so many fills 
at a retail pharmacy before they need to go do mail order or something like that. You know, every every now and again, you know, it's you know human nature that something gets miscounted, and you know we got to eat it and apologize, but nothing, nothing too crazy. Is there any instances where you guys are on the chopping block for anything? No, well, they definitely can be. Like you know, if, you, if somebody happens to sell the wrong drug to the wrong patient or something along those lines. You know, you do that too many times, and you're obviously just you're done. You can't you can't let that happen too often. Oh, agreed. Uh, I remember my last uh, case was um, actually I'm not gonna talk about that. It's 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 definitely uh, it's not even like like it's not even a, it's not a abuela friendly. It's not even best friend friendly. It'd be like we're at the bar and we're like ten drinks deep, and I gotta tell you something that just bothers the heck out of me. <laughs> ah, <I gotcha. laughs> yeah, um, but I, I appreciate you sharing that with me because I imagine uh, a lot of us and our all a lot of our minefielders out there are working jobs that are just as stressful or even more. I mean, like, I haven't seen any, anything on the news that, like, you gave someone not hot enough, I saw it yesterday, uh, this mom in, in Texas texted her son that her McDonald's franchise weren't hot enough, and the the guy at the counter wouldn't replace them, and she called her, her son, and the guy came in and shot him. That sounds like Texas for you. It wasn't Amarillo. It definitely wasn't Lubbock. Or even Midland. Midland's pretty bad. Um, That's right here. Thank Bob we ain't working those, man. Like uh, we're both we're both up for good stuff, and we work our butts off. And uh, I uh, toast to uh, toast the retail. Yeah, it is what it is. Pays the bills. Make sure those uh, gimmicks keep showing up in the uh, mail for you. That is true. That is true. Any uh, juicy nuggets show up lately, brother? Oh, yeah. Actually, we're going to get into the uh, what's in the box. We got uh, this little ditty here. I got all new, all different X-Men 95, the death of Thunderbird. Oh, that is beautiful. Hey, can you hold that up just a little bit longer than what you did? That's gorgeous. Like, what what grade is that in? Would you say? That? Oh, it's it's actually pretty low grade. It's actually not as good as it looks on camera, but it's freaking it's pretty. Yeah, you know, it's mine. So I don't mind. <laughs> no, I, I dig it, man. But, that, that's awesome. It's yours, and you're taking care of it, and that's what we've always been no. preaching. Like, it doesn't matter what it is no. or what conditions is. Uh, just take care of it. It's yours. Yeah, yeah. Now that officially brings my um. My list of all the X Men from '94 to 544 down to four issues remaining. So I've been when we go on the hunt, which we do often. Mm -hmm. One of the greatest things that ever happens on the universe is when you and I go out a searching. I mm -hmm. I landed on my end all be all. Okay. All vertigo. 
I remember when my sister and I went and saw um, Watchmen. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'd given her the graphic novel to read, and she really enjoyed it. And uh, my sister is, um, it's pretty hit or miss what she likes. Like she likes it. She either freaking loves it or just get it out of her face. And yeah. uh, I remember um, I just, uh, God, I can't remember what issue it was. It was an, I, um, issue six. No, it was an old black issue of Playboy. I think uh, it was an older woman on the cover. And uh, I, I had a subscription to Playboy. I really enjoyed Playboy magazine back like 15 years ago. It was really good issues and like, good articles they had like i remember this particular issue uh or one that was really close to it had like a 15 page article about scarface about the ma- okay. about the making of it about the uh freaking uh impact of it they talked to dea agents that were like we can't go into any place that has drugs that does not have a something scarface in it uh, they, yeah. talk, they talked to Oliver Stone. They talked to Al Pacino. They talked to everyone. Oliver. They talked to everyone except myself, Michelle Pfeiffer. And the reason they didn't talk to Michelle Pfeiffer was it because Oliver Stone treated her like garbage on on the set because she was supposed to be treated like garbage, and he was trying to get her in the mindset of being the skank. You know the the the, yeah. the 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 Coke W and uh, freaking um, uh, Pacino was like I was really proud of this movie it was really hard hitting and um, Cher came up to me and it's the after the debut party and Cher's like this is an amazing movie but then Lucille Ball came up to him and said why did you make this awful movie and I'm reading this article and then I turn the page. I'm pretty sure it was the same issue, uh, or at least the last one. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I'm staring at a Walking Dead it issue. Literal, oh, okay. literal Walking Dead. And uh, it, it's written by Robert Kirkman and Charlie Adler. And it's the origin of Michonne, the, you know, the chick with the friggin' katana? Sword. Yeah. yeah. And it's her origin exclusive to Playboy. And um, my si- I, I had it on the counter later on. My sister was like, hey, do you have any more of these Walking Dead issues? I'm like, yeah, I got all of them. <laughs> and uh, she, devoured, nice. she devoured them like in a week. And uh, she's like, anything good? And I was like, yeah. And handed her Watchmen and uh, freaking, um, it might have been a little bit before, a little before after, but this is just a story about getting my sister into comics. Um, she really wanted to go see Watchmen. Went to the uh, midnight premiere and that shimmer at the beginning, like Vertigo, mm-hmm. Vertigo still existed. At the, uh, Karen Berger was still in charge, and DC. But then the shimmer of the Vertigo logo, and if I was a fifteen-year-old girl on a date with a guy that drank a lot of Bush beer, like uh, I'm not doing nothing until I get that tattoo. Oh, like that that tramp stamp I want I want like nothing I wanted nothing more than to have a comic I wrote to have that shimmer of vertigo in the front and now it's it's over that's never gonna happen um, yeah they could bring it back but it's not gonna be the same it's not yeah it's it's it, it, it won't be it, it'll it, like 
dating a girl that looks like the girl you really love, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, went and saw Watchmen, and then, um, wow, it just, incompletion just, I lost my thought. Why did I bring up Watchmen in the first place? <laughs> Because your whole point was you wanted to collect every vertigo. Yeah, every vertigo. Every vertigo. Like the, the original. And you uh, wanted a tramp stamp. I want a tramp stamp for vertigo. And um, I want everything. I want Transmetropolitan. Uh, I even have uh, Digital Underground. I mean, literally, there's so many. Uh, American Virgin. Uh, that's where Becky Clooney got her uh, her stripes. Uh, there, um, there are so many different like scalps. Um, Living on any reservation. Um, there are so many different books, and I want them all. Do you have a rough estimate of how many that would be? Uh, I got the uh, encyclopedia that came out about 10 years ago, and it's probably going to be about like, I want to say maybe 800 books, like just like a actual generalization. Um, okay. But some of these books are irreplaceable. All of Preacher. I want to say every issue of Preacher from 1 through like 50 is not going to cost anything under $20 an issue. Yeah. Uh, Sandman's going to be pretty easy. Uh, that one had a really high print run. Preacher had a very mm-hmm. low print run. But they they negotiated that to the point where like they knew that this is this is what people are buying, so that's what's going to go out. And then, but you're also selling stuff to goth people. Um, so, let's say you're really into Guns N' Roses. You have the first print of the uh, the vinyl record. It's got that painting. It's not the cross. It's not the iron cross. It's the painting that got banned yep. right away. Uh, Twenty years later, do you really care about Guns N' Roses? Probably not. Maybe. 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 I like I like Guns N' Roses. I like Guns N' Roses too, but if you have the original run of Preacher, you're not going to sell that. Like we talked about that, I'll be that that poor goth guy buying ramen, and I've got all the first prints of Nine Inch Nails and uh, McFarlane Spider Man in my in my shopping cart. You're not going to yeah. find you're not going to find a freaking first print of Broken. Uh, whether it's the CD version or the um, uh, vinyl record that's got the small little mini disc or the 8-inch record. We don't let that go. Yeah. This is going to be an endeavor. And it's been bothering me that I didn't have a quest as solid as you. If you don't mind, like... uh, can you expound on your your X Men quest? Because we talked to, we've talked about it a few times. Uh, your X Men quest has been pretty epic. Yeah, no, it's been uh, ever since we really started. Uh, we started the hunt. The first uh, my first big one was actually getting um, Nightfall. I wanted all the Nightfalls. Oh yeah. And it just kind of grew from there to different things. Like I'm a completionist by uh, by design. And freaking, you know, I eventually kind of got into an idea of being like, I wonder if I get a hundred issues of 
Batman. And so I was like, oh, we'll get like the all the four hundreds of Batman. And it took a while because of four twenty three, obviously. Of course. But but I got there. Um, but eventually, it was I wanted the entire four hundred issue run of Batman. I wanted the entire six hundred issue run of Detective. So six to seven hundred. And then I was like, screw it. And then I got, I was a really big X-Men fan growing up. And I want, I was like, I wonder if I could get all the 200s of X-Men. And freaking that was, you know, 200s is a pretty good run. You know, you got the, uh, it's some Claremonts in there, but you got the first appearance of uh, Mr. Sinister in that run. Of course. Gambit, obviously. Jubilee, Bishop, a um, few others. But um, real quick, eventually, uh, real quick, Bishop without the mullet, I, 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 I can't subscribe. <laughs> He's got to have the mullet. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. But yeah, no, I was uh, the two, the entire two hundreds, and then when I got done with the two hundreds, you know, when I was a kid, I was I, like the, one of the first issues I remember reading was Uncanny X Men two eighty one, and I really got into it from there, and I was like. You know, why not? You know, I got, I got, so I got quite a bit of the 300s already, and I was like, well, you know, screw it. Let's do I wanted to see if I can get 250 issues, get uh, everything from issue 150 through 400. And freaking, so I was like, oh, well, did that. And then I was like, you know, I wonder how much further I could go with it. And from there, it grew into getting everything from uh, 150 to 544. And then I decided to see if I could backtrack because at that point I'd gotten issue, I think, 137, which is the second to last issue of the Dark Phoenix Saga. Wonderful. And then once I got that, I was like, I wonder if I could find all the Dark Phoenix Sagas. And, and once I hit that, I just kind of decided to go all the way uh, from 544 back to issue 94, which is the first appearance of the new team of X-Men um, after Giant Size X-Men actually in the Uncanny X-Men issues. Yeah. I, I gotta say, I really gotta appreciate being a passenger on that ride. I love watching you get your completion, but like, I, I, I gotta say, I was like, kind of stumbling in the fog. Like, I, I found a lot of stuff I've always wanted uh kismet like we work in general when we're on the hunt like with the ultra thing and getting my preacher and um but i haven't found anything i wanted to actually complete other than like dawn and she i got she um but i'm only a couple issues away from completion with with she and a couple of the chaos comics because i've got a crap load of freaking chaos comics but the ones that would mean the most to me the ones that meant the most the way they meant to you. Yeah. Vertigo. And I mourn the fact I'll never be edited by Karen Berger. Maybe it'll happen. I don't know. Uh, but um, I want every Vertigo comic book until she left. The, until she left. Because she's the one that brought... Uh, We've talked. Uh, you and I have talked about it before, but just brief recap. She's the one that was uh, associate editor, and they gave her the reins to do Vertigo, 
uh, initially just to do an adult series, and she had she's from England, and uh, mm-hmm. she she's like, yeah, there's a bunch of people I want to uh, bring over here, and now you have to understand that some of these comic books are already printed. You can buy first prints of DC V for Vendetta. You can buy first prints of Watchmen. Those are not first prints. You have to buy the English ones, and you're not going to find them. Ah. Ever. They were already printed. She negotiated to bring those uh, properties over. Especially, V for Vendetta was 100% already printed. Yeah. Um, she brought over Grant Morrison... Garth Ennis, Grant Morrison, Alan Moore, and they, all those guys just flourished. I mean, Ennis did Preacher. Yeah. Morrison does everything that was the least bit cohesive until I don't. I, I really don't know what happened to that guy. I think he just took too many drugs. Um, Transmetropolitan, Animal Man, freaking. Um, I want them all. I want the first prints. I've got a couple of first prints of number ones, but I, I want the collections. I got the invisibles, like the you know that orange cover with the grenade. Yeah. I find that I found that at Mile High. They used to have a section in the back that was stuff they hadn't sorted through yet. That was a mm-hmm. do- that was a dollar. Yeah, they didn't do that anymore. <laughs> I got my invisibles number one. First print, I, I gotta say, like, no fluff, probably 9.8, never been opened. Nice. Ne- never been touched, just until some guy put it in a freaking bag and board to put it. Um, Swamp Thing. Hellblazer. Oh, yeah. And, like, uh, well, I've, I've got the Hellblazer from uh, regular DC to... Uh, vertigo but uh but there's so much extra stuff that i want that it's i don't feel superficial because these things mean to me i remember reading in wizard when uh the first bookends that they were putting out from vertigo was uh, a death and a dream bookend and um the death onk uh there's also the uh original first print of the um vertigo tarot cards there's a second print which is just as beautiful, but different art. Um, I've got the second print. Um, there's so many little things that go into the ethos and the lifestyle of being goth. And it was if you if if you if it was 1995, and you weren't reading Preacher, and Sandman or oh, Sandman in 94. Um, if you didn't understand that, and it wasn't your Bible. You get drummed out of the club. And it was a lifestyle that was very, very particular. And there was no hot topic around to freaking go get your cheap $2 fishnets and your fake plastic knee-high boots. You had to get... You had to find the... Then where did Jeff Hardy get them from? Uh, Jeff Hardy had a, a hot topic exploder on him. 
And I appreciate you asking that. I appreciate you asking that because I remember when I was working there and he actually was wearing the same double sided the 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 fishnets with the big holes with the green mm-hmm. and, and then the black fishnet over it. I sold those to a few people. Should have bought a couple. But um nice. sorry to go on such a tangent, like that's what I'm after now. We'll find some Dawn. It's going to take me a while because the holes in my collection for Dawn and Lady Death and Chaos are going to be pretty hard. But the Chaos ones, I'm sorry, the Vertigo ones, um, those are going to come in droves when I find the right right ones. But there's going to be a couple, especially the limited edition ones, uh, that I will gladly play a pretty penny for. Especially, nice. especially the bookends. And especially Especially the first print, unopened tarot box. It meant something awesome. to me. It meant something to me, and I'm. I I don't think we'd be here if I didn't see that shimmer of the vertigo right before freaking Watchmen showed up. When we were watching Watchmen, watching the shimmer of the vertigo. Helping freaking like above my bed, I have the entirety of the endless. The only one that's in color is Delirium. Um, anyway, sorry for this long-winded story, man. I just <laughs> I was excited to tell you I finally landed on what I wanted. Awesome. That's good, dude. Freaking neat. It's always good to have a quest. Cause I got to figure out what I'm going to move on to once, uh, once I'm done with this one. Stuff so close. I actually have a pretty good idea what's going for that. I don't think you're gonna like my answer. Probably not. <laughs> but I got what? Now I I got four issues to go. So, but I, granted, one of them is ninety-four, and that's gonna be ridiculous. I unless I randomly find it somewhere. You're the heavy lifter. You're the one that helped me learn how to work out. I say, True Blue Madonna style. One through ninety-four. Because you said you'd only get it if you had Bill Gates' money. But I doubt that. I think, I think you can get one through ninety-four. Yeah, might be interesting. Let's start piecing it together here and there. But we got one issue of it so far. Well, I mean, like you gotta. I mean, like you know me, but. Other people know me. You got a very scary-looking goth guy that's very tall and scary-looking. So uh, I'd very much like to uh, intimidate people to give you a lower price on uh, X-Men 94 through 1. Yeah. <laughs> well, if I get this done, I'll actually have 94. So it'll be like 93 through 1. So hmm. but maybe. Maybe give it a go. See what happens. Well, what's in the box today? I, already t- I did mine. It's your turn. The mine was 95. So I actually uh, closed my safe deposit box that had a lot of my comic books that were very precious to me. And I was paying for a box I never used. And I would like to debut the very first comic book I ever I ever bought. Okay. I didn't buy it. My dad bought it for me. My sister was in the hospital because um, they thought she had cancer, but it was actually like a really hairline fracture that no one could find for like three months. <laughs> three months. Oh, jeez. 
that, uh, pick me up from school and say, hey, your sister's in the hospital, and, um, we had to be here for a bit. Okay, cool. But he had actually stopped at a, um, a store at the shop at or something like that, and, uh, mm-hmm. bought me a couple of comic books. Uh, there was, like, a Mario Brothers comic book. There, there was a bunch of garbage. It was, like, Mario Brothers, Archie, okay, but the one that mattered was this one. Oh, nice. Okay. This is this is the first true blue comic book I got. The Incredible Hulk versus the Abomination, number 383. This is... Uh, this was what happened before the Infinity... Uh, not Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity Crisis, or the, the second one. I can't remember what it was. Like, when, I, think, I think that might be it. Yeah, and uh, at the end of this... Um, but this was a comic book where Hulk was 100% um, 100% in the head. Like Professor Hulk? uh, I don't want to say Professor Hulk because he's more stylish in this. Um, Professor Hulk doesn't give a GD about fashion, but he's just big. But he he can, he's got Banner's mind. And um, Betty's dying her hair. Uh, the first page is one of my favorite splash pages. Uh, this is written by uh, Peter David and uh, drawn by Dale Keon. And Betty misdies her hair. Oh, nice. Okay. And um, he's like, "Hey, baby, like, come on, let's let's hang out." And um, the abomination has been festering the sewers for a couple of years, and uh, they're gearing up for uh, what's going on, uh, like Silver Surfer, Doctor Stranger in this. But what they're really gearing up to is, um, uh, he hops into the. Oh, that's the next one. It's uh, the Infinity something. The next one after Infinity uh, Gauntlet. Um, I think it's Crisis. I think you're right. He, um... I remember reading this over and over and over. And, uh... I forgot I had this in my, um... Safe Deposit box. That I have my actual original first comic book. Uh, I had a couple of else in here. But I actually had a, uh... I I forgot I had a, uh... 8x10 of my mom's, um... senior high school portrait you know where it's like oh nice like this and there's a face like this that blends Mm -hmm. immediately get teed off because like the blending is garbage and i've been working on it all week (laughs) i got it scanned at work and just nice just fixing it and uh figuring out how to get it like pretty and but that's what i got in the box this week man like this this comic book uh just to put it in perspective the uh Dale Keown, man, like, he did, like, Pit, you know? Okay. Uh, Incredible Hulk, number, Incredible Hulk, volume one, number 383, July 1991. That's awesome, man, freaking. I'm, I'm, I'm just happy I kept it, but, like, it just, uh. I always, I always tell my sister, uh, you know, thanks for the support and 
she helped me by Bridget, and uh, she was a. Uh, How's Bridget doing? She's doing good. Nice. Paid her back in like a month. I just needed a couple extra hundred on that one, and freaking. She set off the fire in comic books, and now she's doing new era photos. Sah. Out of work, shoot. <laughs> doing pretty good on that, man. I'm really proud about like what what the boys do. I mean, like behind the scenes, like if you don't mind me asking, what's going through your mind when you're doing commentary? Nah, man, really, it's just kind of you know getting. Trying to help my best to complete the product. Uh, making people shine, freaking do what little we can while they're out there, you know, actually wrestling. You know, it's, you know, everyone has their part to play from the, uh, from the referees to people selling the shirts to, you know, people you know, filming, taking photos. To the wrestlers themselves, so it's all a uh, team effort trying to make the uh, product as good as it can. There's a hundred percent all of that. Do you ever get nervous? Man, as far as actually calling the show, not really. You know, leading up to the show, definitely. You know, he's always kind of, you know, hoping that things will go as well as they can, and hoping the crowd will be there. You know, you never really know until you're there, until, until it's over with. It's always such a, it's a odd feeling when we reach the finish line over at uh, Blinky Blink, um, where we go and uh, have our uh, post-show Dinsky. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have a sense of relief? Or are you more yeah. ner- or are you more nervous after that because it's already on tape and four different angles? No, that, at that point I'm just kind of you know really kind of break down. Like me personally, it's always breaking stuff down and seeing what could have been better, where we could improve. You know, making it you know making the next show a little bit better than the one previous. That's always a conversation I'm always worried about having with you about that because I know you're really always really hard on yourself when it comes to literally everything. So, asking you questions after the show, I don't feel is um, a good idea, because you're usually pretty hot afterwards. Um, yeah, it definitely can be, depending on, you know, the situation at the time. Afterwards, when we read the footage, um, it's always it's always turned out pretty good. I mean, we're coming up on a year now, man. Like, in... Yeah, anniversary show next weekend. Freaking... We blinked our eyes and it started a year later. I mean, like, like six months ago, we were talking about how we were working for another Fed. And, like, that was a year and a what ago? And, like, like that was only eight months ago? Like, and then now we're here. Um, yeah. It's, like, I know we've brought it up a lot, but I, it, it still just kind of messes with the cogs in my head in terms of um, how the rest of the world goes by as we pursue our passion. Yeah. How do you deal with that? I mean, like, I don't, don't really think about that part too much. It's just, like I said, just 
one show to the next. You know, really trying to just, like I said, make it a little bit better every show. Get more people in there. Get you know, get them you know, get them to be louder. Yeah. Have a good time. Really looking forward to the, the next show, but unfortunately, this is the one I have to miss. <laughs> yeah. And uh, minefielders, I, I don't want to miss the show, but uh, my sister wanted to buy uh, tickets to go for my dad to see the uh, Dallas Cowboys uh, play the Broncos. My dad's always wanted to see the Dallas Cowboys, even though it's a pre, um, you know, a regular schedule show. You know, just like you know, before the uh, freaking um, season starts. But dad's, we paid for it. She said, yeah, and then. I gave him tickets on his birthday, and on um, the birthday on uh, Father's Day, and he's like, "Great, August thirteenth." And I was like, "August thirteenth? How do I know that date?" Crap. <laughs> and uh, luckily, y'all are cool about it. Like, I, it's it's not that I not want to be at the show, but uh, freaking, I'm not gonna pass up missing a football. Sh- no, I got you. It's all good, man. With my pot. We'll be there early. We'll set up. And uh, uh, actually, and here's the thing, though. Brit is going to be recording from the Eagle's Nest the whole time. Bridget will not be okay. in my control or in my vicinity for a couple hours. If anything happens to Bridget, listen, there's been a couple times you've told me I would die <laughs> if X happened. If anything happens to Bridget, <laughs> I will uh, kindly ask you for you to repair her. Actually, no. I'm gonna be like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm mad. Huh? <laughs> well, I mean, don't see any reason for anyone to be up there. So, nah, nah, Bridget will be fine. She'll record the show nice and gentle, all perfect HD. For Nola, get all the extra promos, but we get comics to talk about, man. Oh, no, we got uh, wrestling to talk about first, and I'm really interested in this topic you brought up. Especially. Yeah, no. Um, it's, a, it's an interesting topic to be sure, man. Freaking, uh, you know, as everybody who's into wrestling, and probably a lot of people who aren't necessarily into wrestling, know Vince McMahon retired a couple weeks ago. And with him retiring, uh, freaking from all, apparently, all freaking responsibilities, we find uh, Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan as co-CEOs. But, uh, you know, we find uh, Triple H not only as a head of talent relations, but also the head of creative. Do you buy it? Yeah, well, I think we'll get to that in a little bit. The Kind of wanted to get your opinion first as far as do you think this is going to be a benefit in the long term? I think it's a work. I think that under no circumstances is Vince going to let anyone control WWE without his say-so. But we'll have to find that out in the coming weeks. And I, I am honestly sad that he retired because I love the old man even though okay. even though I don't like his product I love the old man 
He has given me some of the best moments of my life. Alone. Lonely kid watching wrestling by myself. It was me all the time. I remember watching that. Like, how did I not see that coming? Like, like... Like, like, I remember watching that, and then, and, and thinking about, like, watching Days of Our Lives with my grandma and my, and my mom early in the summer or something like that. Like, with, like, not the same story, but, like, the same equivalent when it came, like, oh, Merlin is possessed by the devil. This is the whole storyline for the summer. This is awesome. Freaking, um, I don't want to see old man go, but, oh, from what we've read in the rags... You know, like, what do you say? What was your saying about reading the rags? Oh, like half what you see and none of what you hear. What what I see is really bad storytelling and really bad wrestling. Or people being held back. I think the only thing that we're going to be able to gauge what's happening here is if, like, we get to see really good wrestling. Because Triple H was 100% in charge of NXT him and Re- William Regal, and um, mm-hmm. that was one of the best things that ever happened, man. NXT. Back when okay. Triple H was completely in control, and if he is legit completely in charge of WWE, we're going to have to do two more shows a week. Because yeah. we're going to be watching AEW and really watching WB and impact when we get the chance, but freaking, I just want the business to grow, and I really hope Triple H is legit in charge. Mm, okay. And thank you for asking my opinion. No problem. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Like this whole this whole thing. I watched uh, I watched SummerSlam. And people are you know, people are instantaneously claiming this is like the show of the year, and it had some high points. It was a solid show. Just a solid and show. It, it was a solid show. It wasn't like Bailey coming back was expected. You know, them bringing back Dakota Kai was kind of was a shocker, and then them bringing up Io Shirai was cool. But well, then they instantly changed her name to EO Sky because it's you know still WWE. All right. But um, like it was it was good, it was solid. We had the, some really good matches. What were the surprises? There's always a surprise. That was that was pretty much that. There was those. It was Edge coming back. Um, you know, Brom, uh, Brock Lesnar came to the ring in a tractor. And it was a cool visual of him lifting the ring, but it's a match I've seen a million times. And freaking, like, one thing I will definitely disagree with you on is that this is going to, like, we're going to find out in weeks. This is not going to be a quick change. This is not going to be, like, they're going to do some superficial things that are like, oh, we're different. You know, this is better. Um, but it's, it's this is going to be something that we're not going to get the full effects of for probably at least six months to a year before we get any type of actual validation now because, that this is real. Now, because you're usually right on these things, I will agree with you because, like, you've been in the business for 21, 20, 20, 21. 20 years. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you on that one, but um, I can agree with you on the fact that I can't wait to be excited about watching WWE again because I can't tell you how much I miss watching Raw when it was good. Yeah, and I mean, from what I've heard, you know, all three people are, you know, this is currently, this is that, that new, this is, this is, it, Raw's got a new coat of paint on it. It's got that new car smell. Um, freaking, but it's, it's going to be a long-term thing to see if they're actually long-term storyline advances. Because there's no way this, this becomes NXT. No, like it's, I, it's, it's a different beat. I agree, and especially because NXT is always with newer people. This is more established people, people they expect more out of. Um, I, I, I'm just surprised watching Seth Rollins come out in a suit. Um, that 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 confuses me and scrambles my brain because like Seth Rollins should not be in a suit. He should be in that awesome gear of his and. Um, there's only a couple of things they've happened in the past couple of years that I really liked uh, with WWE, like you know, Becky Lynch being the man. Um, every time they they would bring uh, freaking Charlotte out as the end all be all. Uh, Paige is retired now. Um, is she? I don't know. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens with uh, with her being released by WWE and all that. Are them choosing not to renew her contract? You know, whether she actually steps back in the ring again or whether she uh, even has anything to do with wrestling anymore. You know? I feel like it's a whole new world, and it's a super challenge to AEW, who has been frolicking in the seas of everything that WWE can't get away with or even try. And if Triple H is in charge, and it's true boo legit, Madonna true boo, uh, freaking... Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to have room for their money. They're going to have an extremely run for their money because they got the talent and they have the ability and more viewers. And it's not going to be as easy for them to do a freaking uh, stadium stampede and all the random things they pull out to to make it look good because that's the mm-hmm. on TV. But... If Triple H is truly in charge, God bless him. Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, it'll be interesting. Um, you know, as far as AEW goes, I think the thing about it is the best thing they could do is freaking WWE zigs, they zag. You know, they are they are the wrestle. They're they're the wrestling show in, in theory. You know, whether you know, like I said, if you agree with everything they do or not. You know, it's it's a different. Like regardless, it's going to be a different beast than what Raw and SmackDown present, how or even think, or even NXT. How do you think it's going to affect uh, any of the brands that are not the mainstream ones, like uh, New Japan or Ring of Honor, which still doesn't have an established anything, or even NWA? Like, is is it is it gonna? Do, how do you think it's going to affect them? Billy Corgan's relying. I on think the only real way it's going to affect him is really going to be more of a because they've, uh, from what I understand, they've dropped their next in line 
um, thought process of just hiring exclusively college athletes. So if if that's true, and they're going in Triple H, you know, because Triple H was a huge believer in bringing in a number of top indie talents, like the bidding wars going back and forth for top tier indie guys when their contracts come up, if they have contracts or stuff along those lines, people could definitely start making more money because they'll have something to play. They'll probably have more. Uh, more interesting offers to bounce off of one another. I agree. But other than that, I don't, I don't see any huge changes as far as like, you know, an impact or ring of honor or even AEW really, you know, they're going to, they're going to try to get who they're going to try to get. You know, people are all like, Oh my gosh, you know, Tony Khan better hurt worry because now WWE's under triple H. Yeah. I don't really like it. It may be a big deal, or we could, you know, a year from now, WWE could be exactly where they are. They were two months ago, right? There's, there's no like Triple H has a track record in NXT, but NXT is a substantially different beast. Yeah, but he also than what WWE SmackDown are. He also doesn't have his general William Regal. Yeah, and that's the thing is they freaking they went out of their way to get rid of quite a few people in Triple H's regime. And it'll be interesting to see if which Triple H Stephanie in charge, basically, if they're going to keep a lot of the established people on Raw and SmackDown as far as the backstage goes. Or if they're going to let them go and bring in their own people. There, there are still quite a few people around there that don't have significant jobs in pro wrestling currently that were let go by WWE. And I'm sure those people would love to come back. You know, plus, you know, Triple H, you know, they they got rid of some people. They didn't get rid of everybody that was part of the Triple H regime, as it were. Bray Wyatt still isn't doing anything. Yeah. And I mean, but even then, you know, freaking, you know, I'm talking like TV producers and guys that were backstage at NXT... Like that's that's where things could get interesting. We could get rid of the, uh, you know, one of the biggest, you know, people on the, that could be on the chopping block in theory, is a guy like uh, Kevin Dunn. You know, everyone always talks about his multitude of camera cuts, and freaking, he's been there since the '80s. But him and uh, him, and Stephanie and Triple H don't necessarily get along. So whether that would uh, that could play into you know, whether he stays with the company or not. You know, so that could be, that could, I mean, if they got rid of their, you know, the guy that, you know, puts their TV together, that in and of itself would be a big, insane change to WWE. You know, there's that, there's a, you know, as far as the in-ring talent goes, it could be real interesting to see who, uh, who gets pushed and who was getting pushed, who will no longer be getting pushed in the next, you know, six months. That's you know, Vince was going to be, Vince was going to be high on his people. He had his people that he thought were the future of the business or his guys. That's not necessarily going to be the same people Triple H wants on top. So it could be, we could see some, uh, some definite changes as far as the, who gets, you know, who's in the top spots in the roster. 
you know, we've been, they've been shoving Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns down our throats for seven years now. Yep. Every, every time something fails, they go back to that. You know, and that's, you know, personally, it's kind of a big part of the reason I don't watch anymore. But I, you know, we don't need to see, I, I'm tired of watching that match. I agree. That's one I see. You know, about. and it could, it could be interesting to see what they do if they get behind somebody that would be uh, somebody new. You know, if they really wanted to push, you know, say an AJ Styles or bring up, uh, you know, if they wanted to really get behind The Fiend if they brought him back. Right. You know, um, there could be a, there could be a multitude of people that have not gotten opportunities that could really shine. It's just going to be if somebody is really willing to give them the chance. I want to say it was about a year and a half. I was able to get home as early as I could Monday. Monday mm-hmm. night raw. Tuesday night SmackDown. And then when things shifted, still Monday Night Raw, Dynamite, Wednesdays, SmackDown Fridays, I mean like, or even just before even that even EW even happened, like, I I spaced everything out. It was uh, Monday Night Raw, I would watch Impact on Tuesdays, I would download uh, last episode, and I would watch... uh, uh, Smackdown on Wednesdays and uh, freaking uh, I'd watch New Japan on Fridays. Yeah. I love the fact that I had a regular awesome schedule of mm-hmm. of good content. And that's my point. Good content. And Raw dropped off. Um, it, it Raw dropped off right when freaking Cody left and that's when we were all paying attention to Bullet Club and Impact and Ring of Honor. And I'd watch Ring of Honor on... Uh, usually, Ring of Honor is when I woke up on, like, a Saturday morning. And, oh, okay. And um, on the Honor Club. And um, I loved having a regular schedule of just watching wrestling. Like, almost every single freaking day. And, nice. And... It hasn't been like that for me for a while. I mean, like, COVID, COVID happened, and it was hard for me to watch a lot of the wrestling because I realized that my actual favorite character was the the audience. Mm-hmm. And now we have it back, and now we have a lot of different options, but it's not like it used to be, and it's it's not like on... I, I, remember, I remember, like, uh, when I was with my folks, uh, freaking... It was like a Wednesday night and uh, watching TV downstairs in the basement. My mom's like, hey, what are you watching? I'm like, Lucha Underground. What is it? It's a Mexican novella with wrestling. She's like, let me check it out. And she's like, who's that guy? And I'm like, oh, that's Mel Mertes. He's controlled by that evil, evil, evil bee with her, her amulet. And she's like, this is a novella. I'm like, that's exactly a novella. <laughs> it's just there's a lot more violence. And um, I, I miss that. And I, and I don't feel like I have that anymore. And I really, really yeah. want it. And I really, really want it back. I want every night wrestling. Like, I, I want to be able to 
date a girl and be like, what do you want from me? Uh, I don't really care as long as I can watch wrestling every single night. Record minefields on uh, Wednesdays and freaking uh, maybe a Friday every other week we talk to an artist or a, a wrestler. Um, and then we've got New Era. Uh, I very much like that. <laughs> but that's not going to happen. <laughs> well, you never know. It could happen. Yeah, probably not happen. But uh, I appreciate your insight on that, man, because um, I was hoping for the moon on the WB thing, and I appreciate you sobering me up on that one. Yeah, I mean, it could be, it could be a renaissance for everybody, and it could be, like I said, the same old, same old. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a while before, you know, it's gonna be that three week push at least. You know, things are things are going free again. You can't expect the first show not to have some kind of craziness behind it. It has to. Oh, it has to. Like if if, if not, then everyone's just like, oh, it's same old crap. Cool, whatever. I'm done. Oh, one of my favorite days of the freaking year is the uh, Raw after WrestleMania. That's better than Mania. Yeah. It always is. Um, yeah. Let's do some comics, man. Let's take a break and uh, freaking do some comics. Cool. Sounds like a plan. Right, BRB, friends of mine too. All right, we're back recording, and I got some non-abuela things to say, but I'm gonna keep it abuela friendly. Until you don't. I'm still pretty teed off, man. That Todd McFarlane has a direct key into my freaking Alexa. I feel like we were talking about speeding bullets. When we were waiting for the train to get back from Denver Comic Con. Yep. We brought that up there. Two weeks, two, three weeks later, freaking Speedy Bullets action figure. You've been joking that old Uncle Todd has been listening on my feed. Now it has been proved. You said you got a direct access to your brain. That ain't fair. That like 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 I mean if he'd done like a like a crush, okay, cool. Obviously I'm about a crush. But a speeding bullets action figure? That better come with a reprint. That <laughs> that book that action figure better come with a reprint. And then they're doing the superpowers, old school. Like, do you read those old school superpowers action figures? The the Superman had like a clippity clip for the uh, for the cape. It was a cloth cape. Batman didn't come with that. Yeah. It was it, they they were way better than what uh, Marvel was putting out at the time. The freaking uh, Secret Wars. Like Wolverine barely came with claws, and like the what was the gimmick? The the, the little shield that had a little print on it. Even then, I was buying all the the Marvel Marvel ones at Walgreens, uh, like Doctor Octopus. Uh, Venom had a little squirter thing to squirt venom at you. Um, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, um, I feel like we're being directly targeted, but I specifically yeah, I feel 
I specifically feel like Todd McFarlane has been listening to you and I talk, especially there was some sort of microphone hooked up of you and I talking about speeding bullets at the freaking train station, waiting to get back to our freaking core. And now, yeah, just coincidentally, there's just speeding bullets. Uh, Bruce Wayne actually isn't Bruce Wayne. It's a uh, good old uh, Kal El being found by the uh, the Waynes. And uh. One of the best Elseworlds tales of all time. Remember, remember, uh, I, I found one of them in, uh, uh, where you got your, uh, freaking, um, you didn't get the Morbius, you got the other one. Um, those dudes on the side, right on the corner, at, at the Fan Expo. Oh, okay. Uh, well, you bought a couple things there. What'd you buy? You, you, your black cat. Uh, I, bought, I, bought, your, I bought the first print black cat there. You got your black cat. Yeah. I got I got five of my uh, Weapon X's there. And um, yep. And I picked up uh, Amazing Spider-Man 298 and um, first appearance of Deathlock. Yes, you did. That was an actual conversation. Yeah. That was like, do it, bro. And I was like, we gotta talk about this. <laughs> You're gonna regret it. No, I didn't think you'd regret it. It was more. Of, <laughs> it was. It was just more of like condition and um, how free he was with his prices. Like, like, mm -hmm. where, like, where I was going through and I found like four, I, I already pulled out four weapon X's and uh, freaking you hand me like uh, minefielders. If you don't do this with your bros, then why do you even have a bro? You even you asked mildly hand me first prince of late death strike. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, you just like here you go. Thank you, sir. That's gonna get botted in. And, <laughs> don't mind if I do. Don't mind if I do. And uh, the conversation on the deathlock. That was interesting. Uh, do you have any insight on that? Because no, Deathlock's just Deathlock's just another one of those cool freaking second tier heroes that like you kind of like like oh, I'll pick it up if I see it. But like he's kind of he's very reminiscent of Morbius to me. Like he was a a decent part of the um, Maximum Carnage storyline. Well, oh, I'm asking more of a in terms of the conversation in terms of a negotiating a price because y'all had a, a solid like five. 10 minute conversation on on the price and i agree with what you landed on but it was more mm -hmm. it was more of the you're not at your local yeah uh any insight into the mindset you had having that sort of conversation well it was kind of the same um it's really I tried a lot of things I'd, I'd read about before, or I'd heard about beforehand. Like, uh, I made it a point to kind of watch a couple of videos on YouTube beforehand. Just be like, hey, what are, you know, what are people who go to cons on the regular? I've been to cons, but I'm not, I've never really bought, bought too much stuff at cons. I just kind of go look around, kind of just more about the ambiance. Right. And freaking, um, you know, I, I kind of looked around and, like, a couple 
things on on uh, YouTube and just be like, hey, what are what do all these people do? And they made it a point to like, you know, one of the big things they talked about was, you know, um, bringing cash with you because people are more likely to make deals with you if you have cash as opposed to freaking, you know, just pulling out your credit card right. or debit card, you know, whatever, you know, and, you know, they're like, and even though, and one of the other things was don't be afraid to use um, this guy's swaggle house I listened to. Um, he, uh, he, he used the term wiggle room, you know, and he's like, you know, because it just sounds, it sounds nicer than being like, hey, you know, this is, this is too high. Can we bring it down a little bit? You know, so I'm not afraid, you know, be like, don't be afraid to be like, hey, you know, is there any wiggle room with this, with this price? You know? Right. And let alone if you're like, if I give you X amount in cash, you know, what would you think? You know, with the, uh, with the Deathlock and Amazing Spider-Man 289 or 298. You know, I gave him. I was like, "Hey, you know, this this is no, this book is this much. This book is this much. If I buy both of them from you, what if I gave you? Could you shave all? You know, could you bring it down to this for both?" Right. Because uh, the thing the the thing is, a lot of them. I mean, these people are here a to make money, and b they're they're the purpose of them being there is to unload their books. Correct. You um, know, like you you were haggling with uh, homeboy. And uh, I'm I'm staring at uh, four or five uh, freaking Weapon X books, is which is what my whole purpose was, and uh, at the show. And this guy's like, "Tell me, there's more of those." I'm like, uh, "No, <laughs> there's not." And you were negotiating. He had like what three or four different grades of the uh, that same book, but mm-hmm. I, I appreciated the way you talked with him because it wasn't like one of those. You weren't undercutting him. Yeah. You were seriously negotiating. Like, let's talk. And he's like, okay, this one is a better grade. This one's this. This is this. And uh, you landed on one, and it was a nice handshake. Yeah. Yeah, not maybe you know, you know, look people in the eye. You know, one of the big things he talked about in the same video watching Swaggle House was like, just be nice to people. You know, because some of these people are going to, you know, some people are going to come up and they're going to be jerks to these guys and, you know, like, oh, this is, you know, you're paying too much, you're, you're charging way too much on this and blah, 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 I'll pay you this. And they're like, you know, no, screw you. But if, like, you know, if you're patient and you listen and, like, you treat people with respect, they're going to be more willing to work with you. And, like, as, you know, as we talked earlier, you work in retail you're going to be you're you're inherently going to be way more receptive to talking to somebody who treats you like a human being as opposed to somebody who's just trying to get you know their way right so you know you, you have a problem if someone tells uh, another uh, person that they're undercharging someone for something oh that's completely different that's just that's just you being a jerk <laughs> <laughs> that, that's completely different. Yeah. That, that's you. That's you getting your rocks off. It's totally me getting my rocks off. I'm sorry, but Spawn number eighteen, written by Grant Morrison, should be no less than twenty dollars. So if I find one being sold for thirteen, I will definitely let them know they are definitely losing five dollars. <laughs> 
but it was nice watching you haggle. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some things like I said. There's like you got to know when to you know what you can and can't get away with too. You know, uh, you know, I was able to negotiate and get about sixty dollars off the um, the black the first print of black hat I purchased, and that was that was great. But like you know, we went over to the other guy and he had a a, a ton of some of the X books I was looking for that I later ended up buying offline. And his prices were just so outrageous that I was like, "It's not even, it's not even worth haggling." Oh yeah, because like, hundred percent. Yeah, you gotta, you know, because the prices I wanted to pay for some of these books and the prices don't. And in all honesty, the prices I ended up paying for some of these books online later would have been insulting to him because it was Correct. that dramatic of a of a price drop. Uh, what did I pay for my preacher? I remember one. I think I paid one sixty when they had it. One sixty sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was originally two hundred bucks. It was two hundred. They had it for two hundred, and, and we were on our way. And I'm like, hey, I just got a bonus, and freaking, I want that. And mm-hmm. yeah, I I think they had it two hundred or one ninety. Uh, it was real close to two hundred, and I I got it for one sixty. Yeah. And uh, then, but to their credit. Last time we were there, we didn't get in a fight. We almost got in a fight with freaking uh, All Star and freaking um, Amarillo about first strife. Um, no, nah, you're just too slow. I was too slow. I ducked and, I ducked and weaved. I was good. No, no, no. It was more of you wanted it more. That's true. You wanted it more. Your first strife. Minefielders, we, 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 were, we were taking that herd right. Getting dumped on the freaking, uh, what is it, 40? Yeah. On the 40? 40. Yeah, we're getting, we're, we're making that hard right on the 40, and we're discussing first strife. And, uh, yeah, you wanted it more. It's fine. Uh, I wanted Jubilee more. You called me, let me know that where it was. Uh, freaking. Yeah, it took me an extra year to get, uh, first friends of Jubilee, and then another probably six to eight months to get a decent copy of it. <laughs> Correct. Correct. And But uh, last time on the Lady New Era, uh, we landed on First Appearance of Crush. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll trade you the... Uh, I feel bad, man. Like, you can have the... I'll trade you. Oh, I already picked it up. I got the first print like, the next weekend. I went in, I ran in, you went to one side, and you didn't see me run, just, I knew where the Teen Titan books were, and I found my first print of, uh, uh, I found one first print of the regular cover of, um, First Prince Crush, and then two of the variants, and mm-hmm. hand you the variant, and you, you just can't, you can't scratch the variants, and, uh, it's like, it's First Prince Crush! You still bought it, but you were definitely pretty TO'd about it. Sorry. Yeah, I got it. Like I said, I got it a week later. So not even a, not even a big deal. It was like five bucks. Freaking, uh, got my Lobo. He's right here. He's the only one. He's the only one. Your forty dollar Lobo. My forty dollar. I didn't actually pay for that much, uh, but uh, he's the only one to keep in my studio. All my McFarlands are at work. He's the only one. He's the only one to keep in the studio, and he stares at me. Getting mad at me for listening to people tell me what to do. 
and he's the perfect one. He's the, he's literally the only open action figure in this whole room. Like I've got twenty AEW figures on the wall, freaking couple spawn. I got Tiffany and Angela right next to each other, as they should be. Freaking nice. But Lobo is staring at me like, carve your own path. Get that. Flying, oh, he needs a motorcycle. Flying. Oh, that's the one thing. I'll be like, I have to make my child support payment. We walk into the comic store. Hey, have you seen the new Lobo motorcycle? Yeah, I would like to uh, go to jail for not uh, paying that and get that Lobo. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it'll be there when I get out. Yeah, it'll be there when I get out, uh, 100%. Um, the one thing that confuses me, uh, let's get some comics, um, is I am completely confused about what happened in Batman. Especially, yeah, the, nah. especially the costume, because like they set it up, because if you look at the costume at the end, it's mm-hmm. the same color scheme of all of the logos. That they've done. Uh, remember that poster that Ed said I can have when it's you know sun drenched and oh the one he said when you when he's dead and buried yeah that one yeah that one um, it's the same color it's the same color. I, I, I'm just not getting it um, I'm, I'm loving anything Zdarsky would give us with Batman but. Um, the story, I mean, like, I'm more interested in, in the friggin' Penguin's backstory. You know, and I don't even, I don't even remember Penguin dying. When did that happen? Uh, a couple of shoots ago, friggin'. Uh, he, got, he got shot. What? He's, he's died a couple of times recently, because I think they freaking they were going to kill him in Batman, uh, the killing time, and he survived that. And you got. Well, he's officially. Was it, was it Red Hood? That, was it Red Hood that killed him? I know Red Hood shot him recently. Red. I'm gonna shot go with Red Hood. Red Hood shot him. I'm gonna go with that. So I think that's why Red Hood got kicked out of Gotham. So, we're dealing with this new cyborg, right? Uh, I think it's, I think it's just a straight robot. I think. Street robot, yeah, correct. Yeah, it's a, it's a robot that knows all the moves of the Bat Family. Cause like at first I was kind of like, oh, this is gonna end up being some like, wake up, there's a bad dream kind of thing or something. But yeah, he's uh, he's fighting Batman. Then the the rest of the Bat Family shows up, and he the robot ends up taking them all down. And basically, he the robot knows all his moves, and knows the the moves of all. The Bat Family, you know, we've got you know Nightwing coming in on a motorcycle. We've got a uh, Duke Thomas, the Signal. We've got freaking. I love uh, that guy, even though he's in yellow. Who doesn't love yellow? His they, and then we see this, the, like, the robot freaking ends up like you know looking at all their like looking at their mask and then. Knowing, you know, basically what they're going to do from there. He compromises where Babs is is at. Like, that's the one thing that really, really chafed me was he he knew where Babs is at. And uh, and then they're headed to the old cave. I mean, like, 
we just got like what like a month of Babs having her own like like tower after the other tower was discovered by freaking uh what's her name um Simon Sane I think wasn't it I blew up the uh, blew it up. No, the chick that, uh, the, the the girl with the, the big glasses. Oh, Seer. Yeah, Seer figured out where the, where she was, and they had to move again. And mm-hmm. now, yeah, I was just more inconvenienced. <laughs> like, yeah. But he, the, the robot even ends up coming out after uh, Leslie Tompkins, who's going to meet Batman at one of the caves. And, like, the end of it, we see, uh, we see Robin... And Batman in the Batcave, he, he, Batman wanders off into a uh, a, ca- a cavern, and you know, basically strips down to his underwear and finds this uh, you know, this freaking um, it's not, finds his costume in there, and not, like he's he's basically got to go into you know he's like there's a ticking deep in my head like a clock. TikTok, TikTok, basically, and then he's like, "I've done this to myself." And Tim, you know, Tim Drake Robin is just like Barbara, come in, you know, some something's going on. And he turns around, he's like, "What's going on?" And he repeats, and himself. we see, yeah, we got Batman, and he got Batman going into his own mind and coming out the uh, the Batman Zorn off Zorn R, which is basically like his last ditch fail safe persona for when. He is completely and utterly screwed. Too much color, and I'm not getting it. But well, the whole the whole thing originally was that uh, it was basically Batman. His mind broke, and this is basically like kind of like he he made the uh, costume out of tattered rags. The color like originally. The colors match all of all the promotionals. I get it. But purple on red and yellow and black. Um, I don't get it. And also, I'm also confused because I am still confused about when uh, him and Joker had that tete-a-tete after 25. Um, mm-hmm. When they find the... Um, one like it's not I don't want to call it the Lazarus pits the 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 Batman pits of of time and justice and we oh with the Dian the Batnesium or something like that yeah the Dionysium yeah and that's what started metal which is mm-hmm. fine metal is great um but watching this and he goes back and he puts on a more colorful costume I'm like. I'm not. I'm not subscribing to this, man. Like, uh, I'll I'll keep reading it until it sucks. But, um, the bat logo on his chest, and it, as a just a casual reader, it's 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 god awful. I mean, like, uh, but the the I'm not saying the artwork is bad. I'm saying the the red on the purple. I mean, like, what did he just like? decide he's listening to Prince instead of Michael Jackson now? Like, like that's what I'm looking at when I land on this new, this new costume. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the whole thing is that it's supposed to be basically, um, you know, like I said, like, it's made out of a dump, out of, out of trash in a dumpster. Like, that's right. the original, 
thought process was to it. Like a Batman, like I said, Batman Zornar is kind of almost like a different personality because it's his mental failsafe. Like he goes deep into the recesses of his mind in theory. I've never been a huge practitioner of it myself, but uh, it's different and it could be, you know, it may be interesting. I've never completed a full run when they utilize Zornar, so I'll be interested to see what they do with it. How do you feel about this Catwoman backstory? Oh, it's it's interesting. Like I love the. It's funny that the uh, that the whole thing is with the penguin being dead. Catwoman's trying to find all his heirs to freaking take over. You know, take over for him, inherit his money in theory, and inherit the uh, the Ashburg Lounge. But this uh, this new character is super interesting. Addison, kinda, Addison, and Aiden Cowapot. Well, not even them. The uh, the ex, the executor. Oh, dude, he's the best. Really he's the best. He's 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 one hundred percent the best part of the story. Yeah, like he's he's just a guy doing his job, no matter. Uh, <laughs> the robot lawyer. <laughs> yeah, for all intents and purposes. But yeah, no, it ends up coming down to these, uh, this apparently brother and sister team, you know, because somebody is murdering the penguin's uh, children to try to get the inheritance. And Catwoman believes it is the, the brother that is doing it. And they come in for their inheritance and all they get is the Iceberg Lounge because the penguin set all his uh all his money basically to a what, a trust fund yeah like a trust fund basically it tells you me know, that she doesn't 10. know what's going 8 on. million dollar there she's going for the uh, the flight of fancy bird sanctuary in metropolis in metropolis like he is a gd of a freaking metropolis yeah but the the money's in in the club and she's freaking out about it. Like, like, yeah. I I didn't understand that. Like, uh, I've worked uh, DJing and I and I know the money in specific specific places. She's whining about money that doesn't matter. <laughs> like, the all the money is gonna be in the club. Like, we already have. Uh, a couple of stories where we've got Babs and Dick freaking uh, breaking out. Uh, what's her name from uh, the? Uh, oh, Seer. Yeah, Seer from the uh, places she grew up at. Mm-hmm. Her dad being. Um, yeah. Yeah, like the money's in the club. Like, what are you doing? Like, complaining about this and ex. Exposing yourself. That's the one thing that drove me nuts about this. Was that mm-hmm. it, was, it was too easy. It was too easy. Like, uh, she is hunting down one of Kalpot's, uh freaking, um, you know, sons. And he's about to get his neck broken by a guy with, like, a, a bag over his head. Mm-hmm. And she fails, unfortunately. He dies, and uh, she recognized the cufflinks and the guy the next morning, Aiden. 
And uh, yeah. And they're they're mad about the money. They're not getting the money. Ten something million and freaking, they're lamenting they get the club. If I was betting, man, the money's in the club. That's where you can wander. That's where you can hide a lot of money. And this, and even then, us, you know, a successful club is gonna gonna make gonna continuously make you money. You know, you get X amount of money, you spend X amount of money. You know, you're trying to make that money make more money for you. You know, why wouldn't a legit operation like that, that like you said, does have access to illegitimate funds? Yeah, you know, why wouldn't you want something like that? Yeah, like something perpetual, something that you can. Yeah. Keep up and make more money, more make money, and she recognized the cufflinks. But like the thing that bothers me about this is that Catwoman's getting her butt kicked by some dude we don't know, and obviously this little girl is freaking Cobblepot's firstborn. <laughs> oh yeah, and. The control, I mean, like, uh, I watched it before and I watched it after when Ray Liotta died. Ray Liotta died. Um, Mm -hmm. Watched Goodfellas. The control of the club. That's where the money is. That's where it happened. That's where you make your deals. That's where you make your non-deals. That's... And this tiny little little girl is concerned about money. The Iceberg Lounge, um, coming from my background, would be the most excellent place to make criminal deals, trades. It's way more worth than what they're saying it's worth. And we, like, Catwoman gets kicked in the face afterwards. I, like, why? Why? Like, just keep the story going. And, um... I want to see some back-alley Gotham story tales because what's going on in Batman, what we just finished, uh, and also uh, in Detective, um... These are kind of leisurely stories. Like, yeah, let's talk about some crime. Let's, like, even in Crisis, like, don't go to Gotham. The vampire, yeah. the vampire one. Yeah, that's the one where you're going to tur- immediately get turned into a vampire. Um, and these people are living and surviving in this specific area. And you're mad about not getting $10 million and you're getting the club. The, the club is where the money's at and you can't see... Yeah, has anyone ever told you that you can't see more than five minutes in front of your face? Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's what I'm seeing with the old Aiden and what's her name. Can't see more than five minutes from their face. I'd prefer the club. Uh, well, thank you. I actually found it. I actually kind of thought it was funny that Penguin only had ten point eight million dollars. <laughs> to leave. Like, I was like, I just kind of feel like he freaking would have more. To, to, he left that to the people he recognized. Can, yeah. 
can you give us a background on how Penguin died? Like I said, I'm pretty sure he was shot by uh, Red Hood. Yeah, Red Hood knocked him out. But do you think that is within the pages of Task Force Z? Or is that... Oh, no, it wasn't It wasn't Task Force Z. It was definitely uh, Batman, I'm pretty sure. No, I'm talking about in terms of uh, like legitimacy, uh, in terms of uh, canon. Because I feel Task Force Z is pretty experimental. The way that Secret Six was um, during uh, Breast Day and Darkest Night. Like, uh, there was a lot of books that uh, Gail Simone wrote that were not exactly canon, but they were mm-hmm. still considered canon because it, it was the. <coughs> excuse me. It was that well, well written. And. I've not encountered any book that has discredited anything that something on that caliber would be not as good. And you and I have been reading Task Force Z like crazy. I mean, like, but then, like, in order to talk about Task Force Z, we did talk about Mender Waller on, like, Earth what? Uh, three. Yeah, exactly. And... It's a long discussion, but this is in the pages of Batman, the Batman, not not freaking an Elseworld story. How do you feel about that? I mean, like we're. we're I'm sorry, I was looking. I was looking up the murder of the penguin. <laughs> I mean, Apparently, I mean, dies in Batman one twenty five. Apparently, when Batman confronts his longtime foe, the penguin reveals. He's going after billionaires and ends his own life framing the hero for murder. That, that sounds right. But obviously he's not dead. <laughs> we, we can't rat out the penguin. He's not... Yeah, no. He dies all the time, so... Let me ask you something. Oh, yeah, that's right. What, okay. What were your thoughts after watching Batman Returns the very first time? After, I just thought it was a cool movie. Happy Meals, nothing? No, I was very... Uh, I, I mean, it's been a minute. You and I would have mm. been the same age at that, man. Like, uh, Happy Meals were really yeah. amazing. Uh, I, remember, uh, I remember going to Taco Bell with my Aunt Lucy uh, when... Batman 89 came out and the whole cup was completely black and just had the logo. It didn't, awesome. It didn't even have the Taco Bell logo on it. It just said, it was just all black. I want that cup. <laughs> I want that cup. Freaking, uh, <laughs> freaking, um, after the funeral, uh, uh, one of my cousins came to visit my, uh, my mom, uh, She's her, uh, Nina, godmother. And, um, mm-hmm. she's like, I remember this. And I was like, I remember when your mom took me to this. And she's, she's talking to her and Lucy. And I'm like, well, I remember taking Aunt Lucy taking me to Taco Bell and getting that freaking all black cup. Awesome. It was completely black. Just with the gold logo. That was it. 
Sure. Yeah, I remember. I remember the theater I went to in Florida to watch Batman '89. I just don't remember too much about the experience of watching friggin' Batman Returns. I have very little memories of watching Batman Returns, but I have very vivid on um, Batman, Batman, mm-hmm. and it just it changed everything. It literally changed everything. He, he was perfect. Like I, I had no problem. Like right now, there'd be a discussion that like Harvey Dent should be black. Uh, Harvey Dent has already been black. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's great. Um, you realize it's supposed to be Billy D. Williams. <laughs> like he was supposed to be Harvey Dent in three, and that didn't happen because uh, Tim Tim Burton's uh, treatment on three was too dark. Yeah. He, he went too far on Returns. I get it. Uh, Penguin spitting on all that black blood. Falling down and drowning. I get it. But we should have had the three. The way should, we should have had the uh, fourth season of uh, freaking uh, Batman 60s. Yeah. We never got a... Which also, funny enough, would have brought in Two-Face. Exactly. That's exactly my point. It's the curse of Two-Face. And... We land on that with freaking uh, Flashpoint. Yeah, I guess that would work. That's, that's a good enough segue, I figure. He, uh. I gotta ask you before we talk about the ending. Like, I was really upset about it. I did not like Why it. is that? Who was the end-all be-all that was talking to uh, Lady Two-Face as uh, her son donning fake Robin armor, which makes sense to me in in this uh, alternate universe, trying to break her out, is Martha. Every time I get a surprise Joker, I'm like, don't do that to me. Don't do that to me and discredit everything you've been doing. And now, like, help me out here. Like, how did you approach this issue? Well, like, it's, you know, it's a whole little, it's a little interesting backstory. Because, like, you know, you're working on this clockwork killer. And the whole thing is he's putting pieces of a clock in all his victims. Correct. So, like, Batman, you know, Thomas Wayne Batman is over here cutting into Eobard, Eobard Thawne. Reverse. He, you know, like him as a, you know, as a freaking living life. paradox outside of time. And he pulls out more gears. And apparently he's finally got enough gears to start putting together the, uh, the clock, basically. And the whole time while we're doing this, you know, Oswald, who works for Thomas Wayne, is in the kitchen trying to find something to eat while Dexter Dent, Two-Face's son, is in the, in, you know, this makeshift bat cave. Now, before we get that far, 
There's something very important about everything in the refrigerator. It's all pickled. Capers or or small berries from Greece. They're they're mm-hmm. tiny they're they're tiny, oversalted, over pickled. And the fact that he said that there we have all these over pickled drawers of capers, small berries that are expired in sardines. It did not like it, it had this extra sense to me that there was something more going on that like something pickled that's fine. But something else that's a little bit different. Actual little have you ever had an anchovy before? Oh yeah. They're super salty. And the but he was fine with the, the anchovies. And turns his back and little freaking uh Dent Junior disappears. Oh. But but the food the food was important. And the clock if you if you go through those those pages you'll see the clock ticking. Mm-hmm. It, it, like I, re- I reread this like three times and it, it's really putting me on nerve man like it just we already have Eobard Thorne like dead and freaking Thomas Wayne is it, he's dissecting him yeah how did you feel about watching like he was in a dirty freaking like mortuary dissecting a guy and pulling metal parts out of the guy. How did you feel about that? I, I was cool. I mean, he, he's a surgeon by trade, so I mean, it, it made sense for him to do that, you know. But uh, it, it's like it's interesting though. Like coming up when uh, you know, penguins telling him how the kid ran off, and like they've got to go save the kid. They got to do something, and you know, Thomas is just like, I can't. I got. I got to build this clock. I got to put this back together. It's the only way this is gonna work. Like the fact that he is so one track minded that he just doesn't. He doesn't care about anything but his his mission at the time. Save Bruce. Yeah, and it's you know it's admirable in one case because he's trying to save his kid, but in the other on the other point he does not like the the world is literally ending. You know, with the, the Amazons taking over, and he couldn't care less. How do you feel about all the uh, extraneous information that we're getting in terms of, like, the radio chatter about, like, this happening, and these people are attacking the Amazons, and, um, like, there's there's a lot of extraneous information that, like, mm-hmm. uh, like you, do you read that fast and, and get to the meat and potatoes, or do you actually focus? I pay attention to it just because it's 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 a world building thing. They they're building the entire world of what is going on in Flashpoint. Cause they, you know, Flashpoint was a big deal, but it was only like what of I think like a five six month thing last time, and now they're they have a chance to really build on this world. And it's been it's been interesting to see to see them go back, you know, to see you know certain characters we didn't see previously. Or get see see really given time really kind of built upon, you know because we haven't you know we you know Thomas Wayne has been around here and there, 
in the uh, in the Batman books, but he hasn't really been given too much really time to shine. And it's it's interesting to see that you know all he wants to do is save his son, but he literally does not care about anything else. He got beat up by the Superman. <laughs> he yeah. he walked home and doesn't care. <laughs> doesn't care. I'm not a dad, man. Like, uh, if you don't want me asking, how would you feel if you were Thomas Wayne in this position with uh, Morales Jr.? Would you? Yeah, yeah also- reading, I mean, you know, it, it's you know, like to think you'd go through, you know, anything you needed to for your kid. You know, I think it's, I don't know if you'd really know how far you'd go until you're pushed to that limit. You know, but it's it's insane to think about. Like, you know, if you had your kid gunned down in front of you, and then you know, twenty years later, you get the opportunity to save him. Yeah, you know, I, you'd like to think that you would go to that extreme, but it's you know something obviously you know never want to have to experience. Agreed. You know, and freaking it's. It's just it's interesting how single minded he is. He's very, he's extremely single minded. Like he's so friggin' single minded that he's just like, Hey, did you look at this? This is very important. Nah, screw you. I uh it's very important. Nah, don't care. Uh yeah. no, you really gotta look at this. Uh, yeah, no. Um <laughs> He's, uh, and it, it's so funny because he's the exact opposite of Bruce. You know, we've talked about Batman being a uh, a solo character, but then he's got you know we talked about that, but he's got this entire Batman. family he surrounded himself by. And Bruce, on the other hand, has only Oswald, and he really doesn't even care about Oswald. No, he's just he's he's nothing to him, and like. I really like that you brought that up because you and I have had many conversations about the Bat family, uh, mm-hmm. about way the way they're ready to rock and roll. Like, yep. like, um, if I got a phone call in the middle of the night and said Tony Morales is in the hospital, I'd be like, "How'd he get there?" Well, these guys did this. Uh, what they look like? I I'll see you in a week. <laughs> I probably won't be at your bedside immediately. I will, yeah. pr- I will probably be hunting down the people that put you there. 100%. And that's what Bruce is doing. Oh, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Uh, Thomas Wayne is Thomas. Is, is figuring out how to kill everything, including himself, to make sure his son lives in an alternate universe. And... This like uh, Thawne showing up, and the the dissection, like the 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 freaking uh, the autopsy, pulling all the parts out of the the body of the block, and we, you and I have been questioning this since it happened. Mm-hmm. What's up with that freaking not working clock? Yeah. And that's what we get to, you know. We got a. Uh, it's funny because you go through this one page where we've got all these. Uh, we've got Thomas working on the clock. At the same time, we've got Dexter Dent 
breaking into Arkham Asylum to get his mom out. How did you feel about that? Because I thought it was gnarly. Like, like the way he just snuck in, like laying flat on the 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 bus, taking in the new inmates. inmates. Um, it was a little too easy for me, especially when it came to the knocking out all the guards. Like he was like full on Damien powerful. Um, yeah, I could totally, I could totally agree with you on that. It it was way too easy, but like I, I the the embrace when he breaks his mom out and freaking like her talking to him literally out of both sides of her mouth as Two Face. You know, all at the same time we've got this ominous voice in the next cell over. Did before the big reveal. How'd you feel about the reveal? I mean, I'm ter- in, in terms of like, like, like we're, like they they're separating the dialogue boxes in specific, like who are you talking to? And the- I actually really I enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought it was awesome. Like we you know, we didn't get too much of that character in the initial run of Flashpoint, so it's really cool to kind of dig into it a bit more. Yeah, there's only like four issues when it came to Martha. Um, yeah. Back in Flashpoint, but in this one, when like the the doors open up and I, I'm gonna say, as someone that has been around a lot of broken people, mm-hmm. I'm not looking forward to this story. Really, I'm, I'm gonna enjoy it in as a comic book reader. But I am not looking forward to it as a human being, as someone that's been broken. Because the way... Do you remember before um, Flash fixed everything in Flashpoint? And mm-hmm. and uh, freaking um, Martha had her chat with Thomas about why she was crazy? Yeah. That messed me up. And now it's going to be another conversation like that. And it was it was legit in the sense that like the people that we're invested in, because we all have our person, and yeah, I'm not looking forward to this next conversation because the way she came out of that wall, like I thought it was like I was worried that it was like because we had all that blue energy and like it's got to be Doctor Manhattan, and I still think it's Doctor Manhattan. The, the kid in the uh, chilling with Bruce. The skin cap? Yeah, in the cave. and uh, But the way that the conversation is happening, happening with um, new, new Two-Face and her kid, because that's all she wanted was to be around her kid, and the key, and... Joker coming out of the walls, Martha. I was a little, I was a little pissed off. I'll give it that. Why is that? And I'll give you that one. Um, it was too easy. It was too easy. Yeah. As as a writer, I mean, like, do you want to see Triple H break through the wall or so cold? Or like like like, but it's it's like, shock master every time. Yeah, 
You're so perfect on that one. Thank you. Thank you. you I think it's funny that he falls down. <laughs> uh, one of the best action figures of all time. Elite series. Um, yep. I was not happy to see Martha as Joker show up talking through the ethereal walls of freaking Orkham. It it, it it didn't make any sense to me. I want more meat and potatoes. Like, like one of the best things about uh, Doomsday Clock was the marionette. Yeah. All the extra people and all of the people that are existing because of Manhattan and switch sides from the main... Uh, what's the main... 616? That's, that's Marvel. That's Marvel. Um... Earth Prime? Earth Prime. I want some more meat and potatoes. Don't just give me a Joker. It's Corky Baxter. That's the name of the kid. In the, in the hat. Corky I think it's Manhattan. It's gotta be Manhattan because as the uh, story went down, it was all blue... He was talking about the inside the uh, freaking uh, snow globe. It's got to be Manhattan just watching and laughing at us as humans. Because I feel that's all Manhattan's ever done. Is watch us and laugh as humans. I've watched... Oh, yeah, maybe. It could definitely... I mean, there's definitely enough... Enough clues that it could definitely be. Yeah, but Thawne dying and, and pulling all the pieces of the clock out of him? Yeah. What are your theories on that one, man? Like, like, and the, from the very beginning, the freaking grandfather clock's been broken. Like, all the, the trademarks of the gears matched up. So, yeah. Um, so, it could be another version of the clock. Freaking maybe... At some point, maybe they took it out of the, out of the clock in Earth Prime. And that clock had a very large portion in Three Jokers, and you and I both know, you hated that. I did hate that. It was for for what it should have been, for you know what it ended up being, two completely different things. Yeah, that clock was still there. Was still a clock. But yeah, I mean that's the thing too is they did point out that the, uh, or they did kind of show that it was the same pieces. So maybe it is the the clock was actually from an alternate reality. So yeah, that but, could be that could be something fun and interesting. Yeah, but then we've got what's going on with the the new Dark Crisis that they're trying to like Deathstroke trying to make a a crisis specifically crisis. It just confuses me in terms of, like, what they're doing. Because, like, I, I find no, like, as I read a story, like, any threads of anything to lead me in this direction. But still understand that that is happening. Yeah. Well, I mean, we got, what, two more issues of this to, before it's over. So it'll be real interesting to see where they, uh, where they go with it. You know, we got... Apparently it's, you know, 
it's the Joker. I mean, it could definitely be somebody she's in league with. It could be a alternate reality. It could be Dr. Manhattan. Yeah, I don't really feel like Dr. Manhattan and the Joker would work well together, but you never know. Correct. Would you Just because we think it doesn't work doesn't mean they wouldn't they wouldn't think it would work. What did you read next after this one? I mean, because like after this particular issue, I had to step away for just a couple of days and figure out what I wanted to read and what I was in the mood for. Yeah, the only other thing I got here is uh, you got Dark Crisis three of seven. Greenlander. Oh, Justice League. Justice League is dead. They were destroyed by a Pariah. And we got all the uh, the younger heroes trying. You know, a good portion of them trying to step up their game. A lot of the Titans. Yeah, we got you know, but they're uh, they're being kind of weeded out little by little by Deathstroke and the Secret Society. And the only one that survived the initial attack by Pariah is Black Adam who says he wants to work with everybody, but doesn't really want to. With Black Adam, I have the feeling that no one is ever going to be able to work with Black Adam. Um, like, you can push him to the point of being able to be Magneto was right, but he's still not going to be satisfied. I, I feel this uh, man... I feel that Black Adam is insatiable when it comes to... Yeah. Who he works with. Because he was choking out... What's his name? Uh, Dark Phantom? Count Vertigo. Yeah, Count... Yeah. Freaking... Yeah, that's... I mean, that's the thing, is that he... Black Adam is a take-no-prisoners kind of guy. He's willing to do whatever it takes to get whatever he wants. And a lot of these heroes aren't willing to take those steps. Yeah, you know, we see, you know, Calvert go literally pleading for his life. And Black Adam just does not care. It takes, uh, you know, Yara Flora Wonder Girl to step in to really kind of get him to stop. One of my favorite movies is L.A. Confidential. And uh, there's a conversation with uh, the head of police in L.A. in like 1950-something. And he's like, Are, he's... The chief of police is talking with uh, a young up-and-comer. And he says, are you willing... Are you willing to shoot a hardened criminal in the back? No. Are you willing to plant corroborative evidence on someone you know to be guilty? No. Then, for God's sakes, Edwin, don't be a detective. Don't do it. You you don't have the the goners for it. And um, Black Adam training the Titans that survived is putting putting the like I don't think the gauntlet he's putting them through is is fair. I mean, what do you think? I'm mean, like, if you're running through a gauntlet by Black Adam and he's Killing a guy while he's making him do push ups and run the suicide runs, and he's your only hope. I mean, like, Jonathan, Jonathan wasn't standing for it. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's... I mean, I could see why he would do it, though. I mean, if you literally were there when the mightiest heroes in the world were obliterated, and then you turn around, and the only heroes left are basically children... Yeah, but I could see I could see pushing them to their you know you got to push them to that point because you don't want what happened to the Justice League to happen to them. I agree, but he was the only one that, and give us credit, we we've, we've been on road trips talking to Black, about Black Adam. He's never <clears throat> retreated. He's never retreated from a fight, but this is the first one. And he comes back, they're all dead, and I'm the only that survived, and he has not revealed to them that Mr. B.A. is freaking ran away from a fight. And training the, 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 the latest Teen Titans after Titan Tower has fallen, um, which confuses me because, like, as we read... What's going on in Nightwing and Bloodhaven that Dick is, you know, kicking some serious butt. That he's not leaving the side of, uh, what's the guy that's face blowing off? Beastmaster? Oh, KG Beast? Yeah. Shotgun blast to the face. Well... I mean, like, how do you feel about that? I mean, like, 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 there's so many things going on, and it bothers me, because, like, you and I have had so many conversations when it comes to what's canon, and we're having to deal with, like, four different stories. Dark Crisis, Flashpoint Beyond, I mean, like, which one is really real? No, I think it's just something you sit down and enjoy, and freaking if you like it, then it's you know it's one of those things. Or if you like it, it's canon, you know. You know it's you know this is you know should be more legit because it's a crisis event, you know. But uh, then again, we turn around and we just you know we're still reading Batman. It's still coming out every month, regardless of if Batman died here or if Batman died in DC versus vampires or. Batman died in DC versus zombies or deceased. You know, and no matter how, how many times they kill him, he's gonna come back. How do you feel but about this? How do you feel about this story, though? I mean, like, I'm, I'm digging it so far. It's it's interesting to see the different thought processes. You know, black because I mean, Black Adam's not Black Adam's a super powerful character, but like, you know, and they're obviously kind of building him up because of the movie coming out. Right, but like he's not in a character that you really see too much of otherwise. So, it's interesting to see him try to play this, you know, anti-hero hero role. And it's interesting to see how he handles the situation with these children. Absolute children. I I don't like how, I don't like how mil- military he is with them. Like, these guys, I mean, especially with Jonathan, like, that Mm -hmm. you're going to push him this far, that he's, that you're going to piss him off. Like, Jonathan is willing to do anything and everything, what has to be done. And he still keeps pushing. 
and I, I don't feel it's ferocious with the other members of the Young the, uh, Titans. I love the fact that uh, Justice Society showed up. Um, but, like, it was kind of, like, a little bit too late. I mean, like, uh, Justice League is destroyed, and Justice Society shows up. Like, yeah, you get a group from any old, old-timers. And, like, yeah, we could really do that, but what's going on in the other pages of... Uh, What's going on? It's it's full blown freaking Green Lantern. So, I mean, like yeah. Hal went into the uh, what do you want to call it? Like the gem of the freaking um, Green Lanterns that are circling his little spell. He ends up in a different universe and like. A, I like that, but the only reason I like that is because we read so much of everything that's going to DC that we can understand it. But if we weren't, I, I, that really chased me. Yeah, no, I got you. I mean, if you were writing a story, wouldn't you like for someone that missed the past two issues to pick it up and see the little recap oh yeah I'm always, I'm always a fan of the recaps I never used to do that in Marvel particularly in the uh, in the 90s like you have a little oh this is what you missed here you are oh 100% I don't think it's fair but that would recap but like there's a lot going on right now and I don't feel it's fair for anyone that wants to and this is something I always think should happen, is that you should be able to pick up any comic book anytime. Whether you're five issues deep into uh, Brace Day, or you are uh, picking up some back issues, you should be able to pick up any issue, figure out what's going on. And have that recap, yeah. and... Um, Here's what you should have been reading before and understand, but you don't have to go that far where to hear. Um, I I don't think this is as fun as, as Flashpoint, man. Yeah. No, I mean, the thing, too, though, is you get it. Like, this one's bringing in a lot more characters, though, and that's kind of... It's kind of hard to get that kind of attachment emotionally... When you got a whole bunch more characters, and you know, and you haven't really, we haven't really gotten the full idea of what's going on yet in Dark Crisis. Like we've kind of got a, a modicum of an idea, but nothing, nothing solid. Nothing at all. I mean, like when they did Doomsday Clock, it took me like eight issues to figure out what the heck was going on. And yeah. But it was still good. It, it was still, like, it, it was timed. Um, I, I'm just not... I don't... I'm not getting what's going on. Especially because of the advent of the the entirety of the Green, line, Green Lantern mm -hmm. core. And obviously I want that. That's awesome. Yeah. How getting sucked into it. This motochrome of uh, a world that, like, hey, you how like, like, 
Yeah? Like, you shouldn't be hell. Um, I like the mystery, but, like, I don't... Like, we didn't get the meat potatoes when we got uh, the mime in the... Um, marionette. The marionette. Um, thank you. Um, yep. I'm confused, especially because we get that, you know, Thomas pulls the clock, like the half-finished clock at, not even mm-hmm. half, the 99.9% clock pulled out of a reverse slash, and Penguin is reading all of the, uh, the dossiers, like, boss, you didn't see this, like, he don't care. I did not... Yep. The one thing that bothered me was like, like, uh, when he saw the the logo inside the clock, before he went and realized that the grandfather clock is broken. I couldn't figure out the anagram. It's got to be an anagram. Mm-hmm. It's got to be an anagram, and um, couldn't figure it out, and. The boss, you got re- to read this, and then we're reading Young Justice, or reading a few other books. I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I feel like I feel like Flashpoint Beyond is actually a little bit more fleshed out than this. It really is, and and I agree. And it's, it's, but it, I mean, it's it's working though. You got, we got you know Green Lanterns going inside this lantern and finding you know Pariah here. You know, and after you know after he destroyed the Justice League, we've got Green Lantern. You know, the Green Lantern core left basically, and then we see uh, you know apparently he gets destroyed, and then he's back as, but he's back, and he's somewhere, but he, he has no powers anymore. I don't think they're really hey. dead. Oh, I don't. I don't think so either. I think the way that he went into the Green Lantern world, it just encapsulated the best of the best, and obviously trying to make the uh, with the with the Dark Order, not the. Uh, it's not even Parallax. It's, it's just it's just one of those old school guys. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. I don't read enough Green Lantern to know if these are characters or not. But you know, all of a sudden, this uh, this sector is now John Stewart's sector, and you know, he, Hal's just like, you know, what? You know, then we finish up the issue with uh, Black Adam going into the Slaughter Swamp, and he's ends up trying to recruit the Legion of Doom now. That bothered, if the, uh, that bothered the shit of me. All right, one more. Sorry. Did it now. Punchline's there. Why the hell is Punchline there? Like, she's like front and center. To the right. Or left. Uh, yeah. Because she's new and freaking she's the new pretty thing. DC's never been about that, man. The, the the old school, like like we're incorporating people that are important. This isn't a Suicide Squad, like 
because the movie's coming out. Like in uh, in the fight with Black Banna, uh, with uh, Supergirl. Like, I can see that happening. Like that the the the, the actual tete tete with Black Mana and Supergirl and uh, uh freaking um. Iron Superman. I can see that happening. Completely. But this... This Legion of Doom... That... Lex was like, yeah, I can... I can handle it. It felt like such a fucking... Damn it. Uh, freaking... Uh... Easy out. Yeah, it was necessarily an easy out, but it's kind of it's it's fun to get this group of villains involved because they're not because at the because right now this group of people in theory are going after Slade and the Secret Society, so like that villain on villain, um, you know, violence could definitely be interesting. Well, what what that bothers me because like. All the people in the splash page at the end that sounds like a draw for Lex Luthor is a bunch of people that would never be okay with being on a team. No, this is actually quite the, uh, this is a majority of these guys were on the whole, uh, you know, they were the, they were the original Legion of Doom. Oh, I agree. You know? I agree, but those extra people that they're adding into, I just, couldn't subscribe. Uh, I, I, like, punchline should not be there. Oh no, I I couldn't agree more on that. Punchline does not deserve to be there. Should be the Joker. You know, I don't know why it's not. But you know, it's what it is. Who would you have picked? I mean, like, I really think that the uh, Justice Society showing up was like one of the best coup de gras the old timer showing up but like they showed up a little bit late yeah but I mean it's you know how much time has really passed in between the Justice League dying and now though too a few days maybe a week at the most I was thinking hours. but uh I mean I think the thing the thing too is again you know we're focusing on Black Adam because Black Adam's got the movie coming out right and a lot of the people in the Justice Society are also going to be in that movie. We're going yeah, to that, got... we're going to that together, by the way. We're okay. we're going to that one together. Yeah, but I mean, like Doctor Fate's in there, Adam Smasher, Hot Girl, like a lot. These all these characters are going to be in that movie, and freaking, you know, it's. I think that's what a lot of this is. Is it's kind of pushing. Pushing towards that, you know, you know, plug in the movie, making it sound as bit, make it make it into as big a deal as they can. I don't blame them, but we're going to see freaking uh, all of this together. I can't mm. wait! I can't wait for that. Uh, my favorite DC movie of all time is Shazam, and oh, Shazam's solid. Something about it. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what they do and to see if, you know, because they're, they're going to meet at some point. You know, I don't know if it would necessarily be this movie, um, Shazam 2, or, you know, somewhere else down the road. But, 
they def- they're definitely going to build it up, and so hopefully it'll be as good as advertised. Noah Spawn. For the past... All of everything you've ever done with minefields, I've been, like, complaining about Spawn. And mm-hmm. only until the past couple months I've been like, yeah, it's been good. I finally figured out what they're doing. At the end of every mm-hmm. single every single issue spawn, the power clock is getting higher. And they have finally revealed that um okay, so in issue nine, you you have it um first Prince of Angela. There's also a, the first Prince of Cogliostro. He's this old bum with long long freaking beard and he's he's actually the first spawn and in the last issue they revealed his origin he's actually Kane killed his brother punished by god he's actually the first one to ever wear the first hell spawn um anything killed billions from Elbolgia now, they revealed that last last uh, two weeks ago, and freaking him and Spawn have a tete-a-tete. Like, okay, you want to talk? Let's talk. Why are we meeting here? And he's like, listen, just open one of the dead zones. The dead zones are specific places on on planet Earth that angels and demons can enter our world. All of them are locked by Al Simmons Boy. And not gonna happen. And um, I remember talking to my buddy who is uh, my buddy Tom that has all the. He's got violator tattoos. Um, okay, awesome. And uh, he's like, why why are all the new issues always in with the, the, the power clock going up a little bit? I don't know. They're building something up. Cogliostro is Kane. He's been stealing power from um, Hellspawns for years. And we finally have the tete-tete where they go at it. Reveals himself, who he is, what he wants. And I finally feel complete when it comes to Spawn. Because Spawn... Has always been like, since, I want to say since issue 100 when um, him and Angela killed Malboja off. There's been like this big gap of the story. Of like, where's Spawn going? He's ended up like, in Japan, hiding his ex-wife's. And his best friend's daughter and twins and Sir Spots. Um, the twins being magical. We finally have what the real true blue Madonna style, what they're going after. Who is going to succeed and sit on the... Uh, the throne of hell. 
Spawn Angela killed Malbolgia. Cut his head off. I mean, like, it was wonderful. We finally get who Cog is. His secret history. Secretly stealing the energy. And it's it's confused me for, like, four years. Freaking. Every issue ends with the the clock going up. Uh, It's four spaces. They keep going up. And but mm, Spawn can't use his powers, or he can, but it's gonna drain him. And when you lose what the 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 rules of Spawn is, if you use all of uh, your your power past that last tick, you but ba- you go back to hell, and you are subject to Mabolja. Mabolja's been dead. I mean, like, there's a lot of different extenuating circumstances here. But for the past, like, four years, every time you turn the page, the last page from the Scorch, Gunslinger, that power ticker has been going up. And I finally realized what's going up is Cog. Cog Leo Show, stealing power. And we finally got the tete It was wonderful. Awesome. They both had their own um, freaking ace uh, spades uh, up their sleeve. Spawn was able to, uh, L. Simmons was able to uh, escape the scene with uh, Cygor. It's like issue, like, what, like 16? <laughs> Maybe 32? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking like, like back in the 90s. Um, Saved his butt and freaking, um, we finally realized why that power ticker was going up at the end of every page. Every issue, Scorch, uh, freaking, um, Gunslinger, why that power ticker was going up. Cog was figuring out how to drain power out of all the spawns. And, We have a finality here. Like, which is, like, yeah, I, I mean, I really respond. Like, I really can't even comment on it because I love it so much since I was a child. I mean, like, like I, I remember reading Spawn um, when it came out. Uh, I had, yeah. a, had a buddy here that she went through, like, nine on one of those... Um, Field trip days, he brought them all, I read them all, when he let me read them, like, it was month by month, month by month, but, um, the power ticker kept going up, and it's been upsetting me for a very long time, since, uh, I want to say, like, since, like, four years ago, before you even joined Minefields, and, um, there's no reason for the power trigger to go up. And they finally revealed it. And we finally have an end game here. And that's the that's why I have had such a hard problem with subscribing to Spawn. Was because it was just Spawn rolling around, killing people that he doesn't like. But now we have the end game. Who is going to sit on the 
throne of hell. Who is going to do it? Spawn in the pages of King Spawn. Probably him. There's a cult um, for him in the pages of King Spawn. Yeah, it'll be Gunslinger Spawn. I'd very much like it to be for him to be Gunslinger Spawn. Um, only if he can travel back in time and see his family again. Um, but freaking, I uh, we've got uh, She Spawn. We've got Overkill. We got Sargor. All like all the main characters backed. And everything is revolving around opening the dead the dead zones, the spots okay. where the spots where doesn't matter who you are, heaven or hell, you can you can enter Earth Earth space. Spawn effectively locked them, and he's the only one that can unlock them. And a lot of his allies are turning on him, including Medieval Spawn, Haunt, um, but that power ticker that's been going up was cogs for, I want to say four years. Tick by tick by tick by tick by tick by tick. There's only four, there's only four numbers in a row. And we got the final reveal today. Cog is Kane. Awesome. It's it's actually been really, really cool. And that's what we've been running on. And finally, we... I finally have something I can hold on to. Um, who is going to be the next person in hell that sits on the throne? That Malbolgia formerly owned back in issue 100, back in like uh, freaking 1991. I figured it to be Uncle Todd himself. It's got to be Uncle Todd, and I actually have an Uncle Todd action figure from the movie. You can go ahead and press pause and let everyone make fun of me. I've got. I've got the old Todd action figure. <laughs> he was, uh, the action figure is there's two versions a blister and a baggy version. Uh, when they were doing the, um, remember when we went to the comic shop? Uh, what's, what's the name of the comic shop that we randomly shop at? Um, with a dude, um, that has the black nail polish. Where I got my... Uh, Cobalt. Yep. They had it. They had the Kogyosho on uh, Collector's Edition. Kogyosho in his medieval... That's awesome. Yeah. But... That's what's going on in Spawn, and I finally have something to lean on to. Who's going to be the... That's the one thing they've been lacking for the past, I'm, I'm going to say, 20 years. Is the end, oh, wow. Is the end game. It's yeah. Al it's always been these little random little stories. They're cool, and they're fun, and they're digitally painted, they're great. 
if you look at them. But the storyline, there's not been anything that you can really grasp onto. Who is going to to actually sit in the... Malboja's dead. Who's going to be the king of hell? They're going to be Spawn. There's a cult that worship him. That's what King Spawn's about. There's the um, the Scorch, his team that are all turning against him. There's Spawn, and there's Gunslinger. All of them are awesome, but like it all boils down to who is going to sit in Mount Bulger's spot. Only time will tell. Finally, but finally, and I agree, uh, the fact that you can say only time will tell, I don't care. I've been waiting 20 years for a solid story. None, yeah. none of these stories have been solid. They've been little rinky dink stories. Now we're gearing to who is going to sit on the throne of hell. And is Spawn going to, within the pages of Scorch and uh, Gunslinger, and King Spawn, resurrect his dead wife? I don't care. Finally, we have a lynchman. I, I just need a lynchman. That's all I needed. Do you ever have any... Yeah. I mean, like, everything was so... Everything else was so willy-nilly. It was so like, yes, hell, it's like random, you ever play Doom randomly? Old school game? Oh yeah, back in the day, yeah. Yeah, so it's just like, for the past 20 years, it's been randomly playing, randomly playing Doom. Did it matter if you want to lose? You just shot a bunch of demons and uh, you got tired and went to bed. They finally, they finally have something tangible. Something we're looking forward to. Who is going to sit on that throne? We're getting there. It'll end up being his wife. Uh, her name's Wanda. I mean, it's a cool name. I'd rather be a Michelle. I mean, I'm a Michael. But... I appreciate your concern. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. <laughs> what, what do we got left tonight, man? I think that's it, man. That's a lot, man. Uh, it's when we had a lot of tangents. <laughs> a lot of tangents, but even then, freaking... Those things matter, man. Like, uh... Do you ever imagine these sort of tangents when we're working on our shoot jobs? No, I'm always too busy to freaking think. <laughs> well, I have a little bit of time extra to uh, set them on fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not wrong. <laughs> it's your turn. Are uh, you ready? This has been minefields. This is dangerous. This transmission is over.